Okay, Shalom Aleichem. Uh, we already started Meruba, Baruch Hashem. We worked out so far a chilik, a distinction between the din of Geneva and the din of Gzela. Now we're going to start the Gemara. Um, the goal, first of all, is we're going to read through the Gemara, have a basic understanding of that which is being said. After we read through the Gemara, we make our initial read, we're going to ask some questions. Then the game plan is to go over a bunch of different sources. The goal of the giving the, going over the different sources is to become the familiar with different concepts which are going to be utilized throughout the course of the parak. And once we go over those sources, if we have time afterwards, then we'll actually start the analysis, the deeper analysis of the Gemara, and trying to go ahead and understand what's being expressed and conveyed on a more on a, on a deeper level. So now comes along the Mishnah, and the Mishnah says as follows: Meruba midas tashlume kefu. The measure of payment of kefil is greater than the measure of pay- payment of Arba V'chamisha. Now what's kefil? What's Arba V'chamisha? We know, Parshas Mishpatim, that if a person steals an object, so if he confesses and admits to stealing, so what's he have to give back? He has to give back the stolen object, or if the object's not around anymore, he has to give the, the monetary value of that object. That's when it comes to stealing. Now, what happens if he's caught? If he's caught stealing, then there's a whole different track. There, there's something called kefil. Kefil is a double payment. So not only does he have to give back the object that he took, but he also has to give back a fine, a penalty. A second time, he has to pay the value of that which he took. So I stole a mug. The mug was a $10 mug. And now I'm caught with the stolen mug. So what do I have to pay? I have to pay back $20. Then I have to give back the $10 mug, which is a $10 payment. And I have to give as well another additional $10 as my fine. Now besides that, there's something called Arba V'chamisha. Arba V'chamisha is, if I steal a shur or a seh, shur is an ox, a seh is a sheep, and now I go ahead and after I steal it, I shecht it. Right? So there the din is, that if I stole and shechted a shore, an ox, I pay five times the value, the initial value plus another four additional payments. Whereas when it comes to the din of a seh, the sale pay four times, so one time the original value and three additional payments. That's the din of Tashlume Arba Chamisha. So again, the Mishnah says, The measure of payment for Kefal is more expansive than the measure of payment for Arba Chamisha. Why? Shemidas tashlume kefil, that the expense of the payment of kefil, noheges bin bedalva sheish beruachayim, applies to something, whether it's alive, or bin bedalva shein beruachayim, or something which doesn't have a life to it. It's dead. It was never alive. Shemidas tashlume abba vechamisha, but the expense of the payment of abba vechamisha, that fine, eina noheges ala beshor vesel bilvad. It only applies to a shor and a seh, Right to an ox or a sheep, because the pasuk says when a person steals a an ox or a sheep and shechs it or sells it, so not only when it shechs it, but even if you sell the animal after you sell uh, after you stole it, there the din is that you pay abba v'chamisha. So that's the halacha number one of the Mishnah. Continues the Mishnah. A person who steals from a ganav. So what's our case? 
Ruvain has a beautiful, beautiful mug. And Shimon likes Ruvain's mug. Well, the problem is that Ruvain also likes it. So what Shimon do? Shimon steals it. Shimon says, I also want that mug. So he went ahead and he took it away from Ruvain. So he's a Ganev. Now, Levi comes along and sees this nice mug in Shimon's house, and he says, oh, I like that mug. So you know what Levi does? Levi also steals it. That's called a Goinev min Haganev. A Goinev min Haganev is a thief that steals an object that was already thefted away. So there it says the Mishnah, A person who steals from a thief doesn't pay kefal on the stolen object. And if a person is, steals a, a stolen animal, a person steals a stolen animal and then shechts it, so then he also doesn't pay Arba V'chamisha. So that's the second din of the Mishnah. The first din of the Mishnah, again, is distinguishing between the expanse of the payment of Kefal and Dalad V'hei. The second din of the Mishnah is telling us an exemption of Kefal and Dalad V'hei, what near Goyin Ganav. Now, says the Mishnah, says the Gemara, Ve'ilu midas tashlumei kefil, ne'heges bin beganav bin betoingain tainas ganav, umidas tashlumei arba v'chamisha, inu ne'heges ele beganav bilvad le'ktani? Question mark. So the Gemara here wants to make an inference. There's a case now, we're going to introduce a new case. The new case is called a toin tainas ganav. Now what's that happen? What's that mean? The case is as follows. Let's say Ruvain is going on a business trip, and he has something, a fancy becher, a kiddush becher made out of silver in his house. It's a very fancy kiddush becher. And he's nervous that he doesn't want to get stolen. So what's he do? He goes to his neighbor, Shimon. And he says, Shimon, can you watch this becher for me? He puts it there as a pikodon, as a deposit in Shimon's house. So now what happens? Shimon watches it. But when Reuben comes back and he says, can I please have my becher? Shimon doesn't want to give it back. It's a really nice becher. So Shimon says, you know what, Reuben, I wish I'd give it back to you. But it was stolen. It was stolen. A toe and kind of. He makes a claim that it was stolen. So now, what happens when he claims it was stolen? So right now, Shimon doesn't have to pay for anything, right? Because Shimon was only a shomer chinam. He, was a, he was a, watched it, but he wasn't being paid to watch it. So he's not liable to compensate for theft from that which he was guarding. So Shimon doesn't owe him anything. But the moment Shimon says that it was stolen, so Shimon, in, in a certain way, is stealing it now from Reuven, right? He's keeping it in his domain and not returning it to Reuven's domain. That's theft. It's just theft, not through an act of taking, through a statement of taking. That's a case of Tolentinus Ganav. So the Mishnah, the Gemara, I'm sorry, wants to make an inference from the Mishnah. The inference is that the Midas Tashlume Kefil applies both by Ganav and by Tolentinus Ganav, as opposed to Tashlumi Abba only applies by Ganav, wasn't taught. Meaning to say that there was no distinction made in the Mishnah between the din of Tolentinus Ganav regarding Kefal and Dalad Vehei. Right? Meaning to say there would have been a room to think that you're only Chayev Kefal when it comes to Tolentinus Ganav, but you're not Chayev Dalad Vehei when it comes to Tolentinus Ganav. And that, the Gemara is saying, that distinction wasn't made. So says the Gemara, This is a support for the stance of Rebchia Bar Abba. What's that stance? As Rebchia Bar Abba said, In the name of Yechanan, If a person makes a claim for something being stolen, for a deposit being stolen, 
He pays Tashlume Kefil if he's caught. Tavachamacha, if he was a Tomentain that's kind of on an animal, and afterwards he shechs to sell it. Vishalim Tashlume Abba Then he pays Abba So Rabkhira Abba holds there's actually no distinction. And the first Epilashan of the Gemara, the Vishnakam of the Gemara, wants to bring our mission as a support. If we're making the distinctions between Kefil and Dalad Vehei, and there's no distinction made between Tomentain and Skanav, Says the Gemara that to support for Rukhiva Abba that there's no distinction between uh, the payment of Kefil and Dalad Behei regarding the Halacha, a person who is a Tomantinus Kanav. That's the Lishna Kama of the Gemara. Ikeda Amri says the Lishna Vasra. There are those who say, Maybe we should say that the Mishnah is a support to Rukhiva Abba. Dama Rukhiva Abba and Rabbi Yechonon, because Rukhiva Abba said in the name of Rabbi Yechonon. If a person makes a claim that a deposit of by him was stolen, he pays to Kefil. And if it was shechted or sold, then he should pay four and five. So maybe we should say this is a support, our Mishnah, the fact that distinction wasn't made. Says the Gemara, who said to make it an exhaustive list? Meruba Katani, rather it just says it's more expansive. Tony Vashir, and therefore it taught some of the distinctions, but didn't teach some of the distinctions. And therefore, we don't have a support. So the Lishna Kama and Lishna Basra have a machlekas, whether or not this, the, our Mishnah is a proof, a support for Rukhir Baraba or not. That's the first Gemara that we're going to see. Let's see the second Gemara. Right, the Gemara says Shemidas Tashlume Kefal no Heges. Right, where does Kefal apply? Being bedavash yesh beruachaim, being davash ein ruachaim. Ask the Gemara, Menahi Milei. How do I know that Tashlume Kefal applies? Being bedavash yesh beruachaim, being bedavash ein beruachaim. The Talmud Rabbanan was taught in Abraisa. I'll call davar pesha on anything which is a pesha, which was due to negligence, klal. That's making a general statement. That you have to pay kefo on anything whatsoever. I'll call Dover Pesha. Continues the Gemara. I'll shur, I'll chamur, I'll seh, I'll samle. On an axe, on a donkey, on a sheep, on a garment. Prat. Those are all details. Right? Those are all specific things. I'll call a veda. Then the pastor continues and says, I'll call a veda. Says the Gemara, chazar uklal. That's making a new general statement, right? We had a first statement that was very, very broad. I'll call Dover Pesha on anything. Then we have four details, what we're referring to. Then we go back to another general statement. I'll call it Aveda. Says the Gemara, that structure is called Klal Prat Uklal, right? That's called a Klal Prat Uklal. So what's the principle when I have a Klal Prat Uklal, when the Torah expresses a din in the structure of Klal Prat Uklal? You're only able to include within this, the halacha that utilizes the structure with something called the ke'ina prat. The ke'ina prat is our lowest common denominator. So what's that mean? We're going to go ahead. We're going to look at the four examples that the Chumash gave us, where there's a chi of kefil. And based off those four examples, we're going to make a general category which addresses all four of those different examples. That general category is called the Ke'ina Prat. So what's the Ar Ke'ina Prat in these four examples? 
When it comes to all four of these things, there's something which is metaltal, there's something which is movable, and not only is it movable, but it is a gufa moment, it has an inherent value. So too, anything which is metaltal, anything which is movable, and gufa moment, and it has an inherent value, that's going to be something which you can be liable to pay kefal for. Now, What's that coming to exclude? Yotsu karkois, she'ina metaltalin. That excludes karka, that excludes land, or anything which is mechubar to the karka, anything which is connected to the land, because there it's not metaltalin, it's not movable. Yotsu avodim, shuhukshul karkois. It excludes avodim, slaves. If you steal someone's slave and you're caught, you don't pay kefil. Why? Because slaves are juxtaposed to karka when it comes to the payment. And therefore... Since they have a juxtaposition that teaches us that they have shared dinim, the same way that karka is not movable, and therefore not included within the payment of kefil, so too, when it comes to avadim, they're not included within the payment of kefil. Yotsu shtaros. Now if someone steals a document, right, maybe a proof of a loan, whatever the document is, even if you steal that, you don't have to pay kefil. Sha'afel pi shemetaltalin. Because even though it's movable, you can move the star from one place to the other, it's not ground. Ain't gufa momon. There is a different issue. It's not, doesn't have an inherent value. It's a representative value. It doesn't have an inherent value. So therefore, you can't pay kefal for it. Yotze hektish, and it also doesn't include hektish. Hotshim, why? Because re'ehu ksiv. It's exeros akasiv. It says, chayim shnayim yishalem the re'ehu. That you only pay to your friend. Now, Hector's not your friend. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. There's going to be a discussion here. Now that we've finished reading it, so I'm going to point out... You know what? Let's do it in order. I don't know. But let's do it in order. I'm not going to point out anything. So let's go. We read the Gemara. The Gemara is an interesting Gemara. The Mishnah is an interesting Mishnah. Let's try to break it down step by step. So what I want to do right now is I want to go ahead and... Ask seven questions, seven questions on the Mishnah, and three questions on the Gemara. That's the plan here. And Amir Tashem, throughout our course of learning, we're going to cover, we're going to address all ten. But let's go slow. One question, my question. Question number one in the Mishnah. The Mishnah starts off. Now, one, what's that mean? Right? What's Maruba mean? Maruba is adding something here. Right? What's, what's Maruba? What's, what's the meaning of Maruba? What if it just said, Midas Tashlume Kefal is shiny, Midas Tashlume Avavachemisha? What's Maruba? What's the Maruba adding? There has to be a reason. What's the meaning of it? First of all, what's the meaning of it? And what additional understanding do we have due to it? Now, that's question number one. Question number one What is this Maruba? What's the Maruba that the mission is conveying? Number two. I would have written the Mishnah very differently. I wouldn't have said anything about Maruba Midas Tashlume, this and that. I'd have said that Kefil is no egg, being Bashur, being Beser, being Bechudavar. Masha'in Kain, Dadvahi is no egg, Bashur Beser. Comes on the Mishnah with this whole long winded statement. Maruba Midas Tashlume, Kefil, Midas Tashlume, Avivachamisha. I would say, erase that. Erase it. Just say, 
So it reads the whole first line. So my first question, these are two different questions. Question number one is, Bichlal, what's Merubah mean? What's it coming to add? What additional understanding is it coming to convey? Question number two is, why do I have the whole first line? Merubah Forget it. Let's start. Kefil no Heges. Tashlumi Kefil no Heges. Vim Adabashi Shurachayim, Adabashi Shurachayim. Why do I have a whole first line? Yeah, first two kashas. Kasha number three. We have a din. The din is comparing and contrasting the halacha of the payment, the expanse of the payment of Tehiful, as opposed to the expanse of the payment of Dalad Vehei. That's a very, that's a very nice Mishnah, yeah? Different forms of payment, different kanasas, beautiful. Why in the world does the Gemara bring the din of Agena Vaganav? Agena Vinaganav is Pater from Kefal, is Pater from Dalad Vehei. Why is that here? Is a connection to anything in our Mishnah? It seems like a total non sequitur. You know, Rebbe, Rebbe Huda Nasi, when he wrote the Mishnayis, so he coupled them together, and the Gemara a lot of times doesn't follow Rebbe Huda Nasi's version of the Mishnah. The Gemara takes the liberty to combine Mishnayis, and to break apart Mishnayas, as the, as the Gemara, as Ravina Ravashi, named fit and appropriate. So here, they put these two parts of the Mishnah together. There's one part, halacha number one. There's differences between when the Kanas of Dalad Vahey applies as opposed to the Kanas of Kefil. A whole separate din. Halacha number two, seemingly no connection. You should know if a Ganav steals from a Ganav, he's part of from Kanasos. What? Why are they put together? What's the relationship between them? Now, I'll say a fourth question. Now that you're telling me that there's a p'tur from Kanasas, a p'tur from Kefal, and a p'tur from Dalad Vehei, so now, is there a connection between them? Right? We have one statement, right? One statement is that a of Achaganav pays, doesn't pay Tashlumi Kefal, and he doesn't pay Dalad Vehei. Now, in our previous statement in the Mishnah, we know there's different dinim when it comes to Kefal and Dalad Vehei. We know the application is different. So, is the fact that a Gwinnabin Aganav is part of from both, and that's put together in one statement, does that mean to us that there's some kind of relationship between the nature of the Ptur and the Kefal and the Dalad Vehei? That's question number four. Now, question number five. Let's go to Rashi. Rashi in the Mishnah says, the person who steals from a thief is exempt from Kefal Dalad Vehei, says Rashi Dixiv, the Gunav Mibesaish. That it has to be stolen from the house of the owner. So when you chayib Kefal, when you chayib Dalad Vehei, when I steal from the house of the owner, but I didn't steal from the house of the owner, I steal from the house of the Ganav, I'm not chayib. The Gunav Mibesaish has to be stolen from the house of the Ish, the owner, but let me base a Ganav and not from the house of the Ganav. Rashi brings me a source for Kefal. Why do I know that a Gunami Naganav is part of Kefil? How do I know a Gunami Naganav is part of Dalad Vehei? Where's that? I needed a Drasha to know that the Ptur of Kefil, when it comes to Gunami Naganav, how come I don't need a Pasuk to tell me that there's a Ptur of Kefil also, a Ptur from Dalad Vehei also for the Gunami Naganav? Rashi, if I need a Drasha to tell me, so you brought me one for Kefil, so good. But where's the Ptur for Dalad Vehei? Why do I need that? Where is it? Pella? So that was question number five. Question number six is, 
Where do I know then that there's a Ptur in Dalad Vahey? Question number five was, how, did, how does Rashi, why does Rashi only bring a Pasuk for Kefli? He doesn't bring a Pasuk for Dalad Vahey. Question number six is that now that I don't have a Pasuk, so why talk am my Potter? Why am I Potter from Dalad Vahey? How do I know? Where? Who? Who told you? Yeah. Now, that's question number six. Question number seven is as follows. This all is talking, the Chiv Dalad Vahey, this is not a Kasha really on the Mishnah, this is a Kasha in Halacha. This is a theoretical, a philosophical question maybe, but it has a practical application. I would ask as follows. We see here clearly that if a person's Tevech Moicher, he is, goes ahead, he shechts, he sells someone else's animal, so then, what's the din? He's Chayv Dalad Vahey. What would happen if I just go ahead and shech your animal? I shech your animal. I don't steal it first. I just go and shech your animal. So if I go ahead and I shech your animal, so now, is the Maise Shechita also considered like a Maise Gneva? Or no? I really have to do a Mashicha. I have to do a Masiro, right? I have to do something. I have to take it. I have to make a kinin on the animal. And only once I make a kinin on the animal and then I shech it, that's what I'm going to be Chayev. That's a Suffolk. I would claim that's a legitimate Suffolk in the Mishnah. Is the Tvich itself, is that considered like I'm taking it from you? That's an act of Gneva? But no, you need a Maisek a Geneva that precedes the act of the Tvicha. Those are seven questions that we'd have on the Mishnah. Now, the first question I would ask on the Gemara is that we have a Lishna Kama and a Lishna Basra and the Din Ruchiba Abba. That Tontainas Ganev is Chayev both in Kefu and Dalat Vehei. Now, is there a Nafkamina? Question number one is there a Nafkamina between the two Lishnas, Lishna Kama and Lishna Basra? Is there a Nafkamina? That's our first question on the Gemara. Now, question number two on the Gemara is uh, is an interesting question. You know, it bothers me tremendously here. We have a drush from an that I'm chayiv for the Maisa Geneva and the payments of Geneva. How do I know? And we bring a drush, a klal pratoklal. Why do I need a limud to be magdir what, my, what, what I'm liable to pay for? I need a limud to be magdir that? Seemingly, whatever I talk, that is, I have to pay for. What do you mean? No. A club, not a club, a drusher, source, what? what? I stole it. I took it. If I took it, I have to pay for it. What's pshat here? And what's the beer in his limud? That would be my second question. The third question I ask on the Gemara is that it seems like Re'ehu has nothing to do with the club, not a club. Right? We're making a club, not a club, telling us. Right? What do you mean? No, it's not. Now, you know what else, though? Besides the Klaw Pratoklaw, Yotza Hektish, why Re'eyuksiv? That's not part of the Klaw Pratoklaw. So, what's the Gemara doing? The Gemara, the Gemara is just is, is telling me now an exhaustive list? What's the drush of Re'ehu? Okay, well, I wouldn't. He has to tell me everything, wherever the payments are applicable, so it's just throwing in a new thing, even though we're saying it's really the source of Klopp, it's not true. So why is it presenting it like this? It's a hektish, it seems like it's like a hemshik of the drasha. It's not a hemshik of the drasha, it's a new drasha. It's because that's a of Re'ehu. It's something to do with the Klopp, not the Klopp, Pella. Yeah, so those are two questions, the two questions, the ten questions that I would like to address, that I'd like to place out now when it comes to the basic understanding of the Mishnah and the Gemara. So now, in order to start addressing these points, I brought you here a bunch of different sources. This is not so characteristic of how we normally learn, but uh, as an introduction 
it's good to have just basic general knowledge. So let's, let's go. So we asked, is there a connection between the Kefal and Dalad Vehei? Yeah? So I brought you here Tis Chadashim. Tis Chadashim is a commentary brought in the Mishnayis. And he says as follows, Rashi, Rash, the, the Rav, the Barnolo, the Rambam, the Kosum and Ole. Right? No one asked, how do we know Gideon Minagana, his potter, from Kefal, Dalad Vehei? Right? It's okay for they bring a pasuk, but Dalad Vehei. Daikro v'gunav v'beisa ish, nema gabi kefil levad. The pasuk v'gunav v'beisa ish is only said regarding kefil. Gama gemara v'rambam mechvor le'pishu. The gemara doesn't explain to us the p'tur dalad v'hei. The rambam doesn't say in Mishnah Torah the p'tur dalad v'hei. So how do we know there's a p'tur dalad v'hei? Where's the makor? When he really says that this is kadoshim, kedi isa v'marba v'metzia dafain beiz. Because the rambam sham perak dalad Mishnah Torah tashlumi dalad v'hei amerechmano. Says the Gemara, says the it is Chadashim, the shame of the Gemara Bamatia, the Raman quotes it over there in the Persh Mishnayas, that when you have a ptur, if we're going to be Saish, so what's the reason? Because the Gemara says, Dalad Vehei Amarachmano, you have to pay four and five, Velo Gimel Vedalad. You don't pay three and four. Adka, that's the end of the quote. And it continues, it finishes off the Tis Chadashim. It's a pillar they didn't write it earlier here. So now, what's that mean? So that means as follows. That means that I have payments. I have something called Karen. I have something called Kefal. I have something called Dalad Vehei. What are those payments? So, comes along the Tesla Chadashim and tells us those payments actually build off each other. And when I have a Karen, Karen, I have to pay because I took an object. The moment I take an object, I have to give it back. Give back the object, or right? You have to pay for it. Geneva, you have to pay for it. What's Machayev, the payment, like we saw in the Mishnah, in the, the, the Sefer Mitzvahs? The Maisilakicha, the taking itself, is Machayev, the payment, right? So we we see that the Lakicha is Machayev, a Karen. Now, what's Machayev, Kefil? What's Machayev, Kefil is the Psak, the Beistin. Beistin found you guilty. You're a thief. In Mimotse Haganav, Chaim Shnaim Yisholeh. So, right? He has to pay twice. Why? Because based on adjudicated, they found him guilty. Psak, knas. Good. What's Dalad Vehei? And this is the Chiddush. Dalad Vehei is a payment of Karen with a payment of Kefil with additional two or three Tashlumin dependent on whether you stole a Shor or a Seh. So, if I stole a Shor, what am I paying? I'm paying Karen, I'm paying Kefil, and I'm paying an additional three payments for the Maisa Shechit and the Maisa Mechira. So says the Tursus Chadashim, what happens if I have a Gonami Beis If I have a Gonami Beis Ha'ish, I stole my, my, I stole a thief's stolen axe and shechted. So says the Tursus Chadashim, you know what? You're going to be Pater from Kefil. If I'm Pater from Kefil, so then how much do I pay for the shechted Shor? So I'm supposed to pay five, but I can't pay five. Why? Because I'm putter from Kefil. So what should I pay for? I should pay four. And there we have a drasha. Dalad The Torah says you have to pay five for a shor. and not four. So we see that the, the what's the reason why we have a ptur for dalad vehei? Every time there's a ptur kefil, because kefil is part of the composition of a dalad vehei. So now. If that's the case, we can address some other questions, right? Number one, 
is there is a, a, a kesha between the ptul of Kefal and the ptul of Dalad Behein Gunim Inaganav? The answer is absolutely yet. That the, the reason why the the, the Dalad Behein is potter is because you're potter from Kefal. They're directly they're directly connected. Rashi only brings a drasha for a ptul Kefal. You're right, because once I have a drasha for the ptul Kefal, that's megala clapping the ptul Dalad Behein. And therefore, that's going to be our source. We don't have to bring a separate source. The source for the tour of Dalad Behei is the source from the Torah Kefal. So that's Mamish, Mamish Kashmak. Now, we could ask a question here in Svara. Right? At the end of the day, right, what are we talking about? We have one payment called Karen. We have one payment called Kefal. And we have what, three more payments that are because of, because of the, the fine for Shechting. So if there's five potential payments here, and there's separate payments, so then how come I can't pay four out of the five, right? But it's all or nothing. It's all binary. Why? Why? But to pay for four, if you're going to pay for four, right? You can't do five. What's the, what's the big deal? So now, I would say as follows. It seems to me that part of what it means is Dalad Vahem Rechman of the Gimel Vadalad is that you're right. We know that you could pay four. There's no reason you can't pay four. But it's a technicality. The technicality is that the Torah established the dinim of paying for the kenosis of shechita. So when the Torah established the dinim, it established in a certain structure. It established in a structure of paying four times. If you're not paying four times, then the Torah never spoke then. The Torah never spoke then, so then we're not going to institute new kenosis that don't have a basis within the structure of how the Torah expressed them. It's a Chiddush. I wouldn't have known that to be true from Svara, but we have a Gemara, we have a... This is Chadashim, it's applying it here. That already seems like so the, uh, a real affirmed statement. I will tell you that we're going to revisit this in Hashem when we get to Samechem and Aleph. But for now, that's how we're going to explain it. So now, let's start the next discussion point. The next discussion point is whether we say the Tvicha itself is a Maisa Geneva. Now, regarding this point, I brought you two different Kivit Shiorims and a Kivit Eger. Let's speak it out. These we're not going to read inside. I don't think there's such a value reading them inside. But let's talk about the Svaros. So, Rebbe brings a Machlik What happens if I steal an axe on Shabbos and I shecht it on Chol? Now, if I steal an axe on Shabbos, there's a very interesting thing that occurs. Right? right now, the axe is in private domain of, you know, we'll go back, keep, we'll keep it standard, right? In private domain of Ruvain. Now, Shimon wants to take that axe. So what's he do? He takes the reins of the axe and pulls him out of his private domain, and by doing so, brings him into public domain. Why does he do that? Because he wants to transport the axe into his property. So the moment I take an axe from public do- private domain and bring it to public domain, I just did a malacha deraisa. What's that malacha deraisa? It's all. for. Now, at the same time that I did an act of hitzah, I also did an act of geneva. Because when's the only time I could do make a kinyan on this animal? The only time I could make a kinyan on this animal is when it's not in the property of its original owner. So I did two things simultaneously. I did an act of hitzah, and I did an act of geneva. Now, there's a concept called Kim Lei The concept is that we, when you do one action, which because of that action there's two separate punishments, we only give you the more severe of the two punishments. 
So if we have an issue of of Shabbos, Chilol Shabbos, we have a separate issue of Geneva. The more severe the two is a Chilol Shabbos, then there's a Chiv Misa. So we're not mechayiv you for the Geneva. So a person who stole Derech Hitzah on Shabbos is potter from the Geneva. They're only chayiv for the Chilol Shabbos. So it comes along Rebbe Chon with the Lam Neshekasha. If I steal something on Shabbos, there's a Kimlei B'derabbeminei on the Geneva to exempt me from the Geneva. And now I shecht it on Chol. So when I shechted it, it's an animal that didn't belong to me. It's in my domain, but I never did a Maisa Geneva, which the Torah gave credence to, significance to, because that Maisa Geneva came about through a Chilol Shabbos. So what's the din? Am I Chayv Dalad not? So here, according to the Rashba, says Rabbi Khan, you're going to be Pater. So the reason you're going to be Pater, seemingly, is because the Geneva from Shabbos is not my Geneva. The Shechita itself, we're not going to view as a Geneva. We're not going to say the Tvicha, the Shechita, is a Geneva in of its own. That's the Shita of the Rashba. However, comes along Rebbe Khan and it brings that there's a stance of the Ra'ah and the Ritva. The Ritva was a, stu- a student of the Ra'ah. So they both hold, that the Ra'ah and the Ritva both hold, that if you shecht it on Chol, so then you're also going to be Chayev Dalad Vehei. Because the Tvicha itself is considered a separate Geneva. So that's a, that's a, a fundamental Machlikas. Right? If I shecht an animal... Without appreciating my Geneva, am I going to be Chayv Dalad Vehei according to the Rashba? No. According to the Ritva, yes. Now, what's that Machlikas? So Rabbi Chanan in Kibbet Shiur and Ksuvis, in his Kaf says that the Rashba holds your potter even if you shakes the animal on the Chol, because we don't say the Shechita is its Geneva. Why not? So he says as follows You know, what happens here? In order to be chayv dalad v'hey, you have to have a stolen animal. So, what do you want to make the stolen? What do you want to make the stolen animal with? With the shechita, you want the shechita to act as the geneva. So, why would the shechita act as the geneva? You're asserting your dominion over it. Whatever the svar is going to be, we'll talk about it later on throughout the course of Limud of Merubah. But the shechita is going to act as a ma'isa geneva. Good. But when do I finish my shechita? I only finish my shechita. After it's already dead, my shechita is killing it. When was the geneva? The geneva happened due to the shechita. So maybe the geneva only happens after it shechted already. But if it shechted already, then I can't become a teveach, right? I'll give you an I'll give you an example of this. The Gemara in Chulin says that if a person shechts an animal on Shabbos, so then they become a mumer lechalal Shabbos, and since they're mumer lechalal Shabbos, so then the shechita is psula. But says the Gemara, what happens to that first shechita? That first shechita that you did wasn't shechted by a mumer. It was shechted by a person like a kashas. So only since he finished the shechita, so that's when he became a mumer. So says the Gemara, you're right. The first shechita is actually in Rikshero. And the second shechita, that's when it's going to have the pram of a psul. So so to you also. The first the shechita on the behemoth wasn't stolen yet. And I, maybe... The next act of shechita would be considered like a theft, yeah, but it was already shechted. You can't do tvicha once, twice on the same animal. So says uh, Rebbe Chonan, in his words, we don't say alamdis kodbayin ke'echod. We don't say that the two halachas come together at the same time. Now what does it mean? How, why would we say that? So we'd say as follows, if you're in the middle of a process, an act which is a process, so bayin ke'echod would tell me that will give you the halachic status 
of the result of that process already from the beginning of that process. So if the result of the Maisa Shechita is that it will be stolen, it will be a stolen object, we'll view it as if you stole it already from the beginning of that process. And from, since we're viewing it as a stolen object already from the beginning of the process, so then we can v'chayi v'dalad v'hey. So what's the Chiddush of the Rashba? The Chiddush of the Rashba is that we don't say Dabai ke'echod. That's how the Rebbe Chalav Asaman wants to learn Pshat in the Rashba. That the Chiddush is we don't say Abayin Ke'echod. And therefore, you shechted and not stole an animal. Comes along with Rebbe Eger and says it's Pashat that we make Abayin Ke'echod here. Right? In a certain way, why would we think we make Abayin Ke'echod? Right? It's a fancy lumdus. Why would we do that? Says Rebbe Eger, it's Pashat that we have to. Why? Because says Rebbe Eger, let's make a diak in the Gemara. The Gemara that talks about Gana Veshavas Vetavach, what does it say? The Gemara says, when Rabbi says this din, he says, that only when you were going to be Shabbos, that's when you're Pater. Right? So he asked me, why does he have to put them both in the same boat? Why does it have to be Gonav Vetavach Bishabbos? Say Gonav Veshavas, Gonav Bishabbos, Vachar Kach Tavach. Gonav Veshavas, Vachar Kach Tavach is also going to be Pater. So according to the Rashbach, even if Rabbi said, there'd be no difference in Din. So it comes along with the the fact that Rabbi said his halacha, the implication is that the only time you have a Ptur is when the Tavich was also on Shabbos. The implication is if you're Tavich on Chol, even though up until now you're not a Ganav, you'd be Chayev. Why are you Chayev? Very simple. There we say, Ba'in Ke'echod. So according to the Bikva the Gemara is a raya to the Ra'an the Ritva. So this is a Machlikis. The Rashba on one hand says, according to Belchanan, that we don't make a Bayin Ke'echad, and therefore the Tvich is not considered a Maisa Gneva. Whereas when it comes to the Ra'an the Ritva, we make a Bayin Ke'echad, that the Tvich is a Maisa Gneva, and therefore it's a Tvich on a Dabar HaGanov, on a Behemoth Gnuva. And the reason, the right they have to say that is because the Diktuk Lashen of Rabbah that's the Kiddush of Rabbi Kiva Eger. That's, a, that's already answering, we answered four of our ten questions so far. So now I want to address a different Nakuda. I want to address, so what's actually the reason why we'd have a tour from the Geneva or Kefo when it comes to the Gunnave Sa'ish? What's, what's lacking? Right, something has to be lacking when you're Gunnave Minagana as opposed to Gunnave Sa'ish. Now, only when you're going to be Sa'ish, then there's a Chiv Kefil. But if you're going to be Sa'ganav, there's no Chiv Kefil. What's the, what's the Gedder of the Gzeris HaKasav? So in order to understand this, there's going to be a, a, a deep concept, which we're going to try to develop throughout our course of learning. And let's take it one step at a time. Everyone, if you hear a Gemara, in Bavakam on Samaches Samaches, the Gemara says the principle as follows. I'm Rav Yechonon. Rav Yechonon says, Gozo b'lein yasyayish v'abaylem. If you steal an object and the owners don't give up hope of getting it back. So says the Gemara, says Rav Yechonon, The original owner, if you write, someone stole his axe, you can't sanctify that axe to the Beis HaMikdash. But at the same time, the Ganav, who the axe is currently in his domain, also can't sanctify it to the Beis HaMikdash. There's something lacking in the bailis and the ownership of both of them. 
Zeh, the Ganav, the reason he can't be Makdashit, Lefisha Eno Shaloi. He didn't make, he didn't, he's not the proper owner. It's not really his. And if it's not really his, he's not the one that acquired it. The owner didn't give up hope over it. The owner is still hoping to get it back, so then he can't be Makdashit. His ownership is lacking. Vizeh, Lefisha Eno Shaloi. And why can't the original owner be Makdashit? So there, the reason is, is because it's not in his domain, it's not in his rishus. So we have two different issues. When it comes to the reason, when you have a stolen object, how come both parties can't go ahead and be maktish the animal? So the reason why the owner can't be maktish it, because it's not in his dominion right now, it's not under shlita. And the reason why the ganav can't be maktish it is because he's not the one that made the original purchase. Yeah? So now like this. So what does that mean regarding the the lack of ability to interact with it? So it comes along with the Eger on the Mishnayis, and he says as follows. What happens if I'm a Shoimer on an object, right? So Ruvain is going on a trip, I'm watching his shore, and I'm a Shimon. So now, when Ruvain's on a trip, and it's, the animal is under my jurisdiction, me, Shimon, so there, what's the halacha? It says if you give an eager, it's Pashat that the owner, Ruvin, can be Makdashit still. Why? Because every time something's in the, the Rishus of a Shemer, so that's just an extension of the Rishus of the Bailin, right? The Shomer is acting on behalf of the Bailin. So here, nothing ever left the control of the owner himself. So what do we see from this Rebbe Eger? We see that the lack of you having dominion over it doesn't mean that you have to be the one that has its hand, your hand on its neck. You're not the one who has to be dealing with the animal in a practical sense. What it means is that it has to be under your control. It has to be under your jurisdiction. So the moment that the Shemer, the Shemin who's watching Ruvain Shores says, you know what, I'm not going to give it back to him. It leaves his jurisdiction. He lost control. I lost control. Now, if someone steals it from Shimon, so he's going to be putter from Kefil. Why? Because it's not Megonah Vesa Ish anymore. It's not an extension of Ruvain's house. In other words, I brought you here Rav Elchanan. Rav Elchanan brings a machlikas between the Balama Ur and the Ramban, the Ramban Zemulchamas, about what's the reason why you're not able to go ahead and be maktish an animal that's not, that was stolen. So says the Balama Ur, because you're lacking shlita. You're lacking control over it. So now, what's that mean? That means that ownership is defined by more than one thing. Ownership, in a certain way, is defined by the fact that I acquired it originally. I, I made a kinyin on it. Whether it means I bought it, I got it for free as a matana, but I made a kinyin on it. And there was no one else's ownership standing in contradiction to that kinyin. That's the balama or. Or... There's something else. The Dastan Ramban, the reason why I can't make a Kenyan, I can't make, I can be Maktish something that has owners, is because the owner can't make a Kenyan because the Ganav makes Kenyanim in the Gzela itself. There's something called Kenyanic Gzela. And the same way that the owner has a Kenyan in the Chayfetz, so too the Ganav has a Kenyan in the Chayfetz. That seems like something which is astonishing at first glance. But let's see what Rebuchanan says. And then after we go ahead and see what Rebuchanan says, I'll try to open up what's the svar behind that. What's the, how could it be there's a concept called Kenyane Gneva? Ramaganev, what, what? I took it from you. What? 
but it's yours, so you didn't agree, so why does my kinyan mean anything? That'd be the basics for right? So let's try to understand these two things. So let's look at the Rav Hanan in Ksubis and Iskav Chuf Beis. He says, "Vehinim b'Gemara b'Vakam Sanachtes Mavur the Hadu Gini Minagana Potter." The Gemara b'Vakam it's clear that the reason why Gini Minagana was exempt from Kefil is Mishum Delab Bereshus the Malakoi Lakdushe. It's not the it's not in the domain of the owner to sanctify it. That's why Gunamina Ganav is Potter, because he can't be Maktish it. So we see that there's a lack of ownership. The lack of ownership, when I steal an object which isn't fully owned by its owner, then the Torah didn't mechaiv me in Kefil. The Torah only was mechaiv me in Kefil on a type of ownership which is full throttle. There's nothing chappering away, there's nothing detracting from it. It says, Rebel Chanan, and because there's someone else contesting the ownership, it's not called Migonavisa Ish. So why can't it be Maktashit? There's two separate reasons. Aleph, the first reason, the Ganav has partial ownership. He has partial Kinyanab in the Gneva. That's the Ramban that we just spoke out. Base, the second reason, or, because on a practical level, it's not in his domain to practically do whatever he wants with it. That's what we called the Balamor. The Bailim, the proper owners, have the right to do whatever they want with the Gzela, to have it now actually. Because the Gazlan won't give it to him. There's a practical difference between these reasons. What happens if the Gazlan says to him, go and take it? Come take it. You know what? I'm a Gazlan. I want to give it back to you. Come come to my house and I'll give it to you. Take what's yours. To the Tamasheni, according to the second reason, if we're just saying it's a lack of control over it, now that he has full control, no one's contesting it. If no one's contesting it, so then the owner, the proper owner, can be Maktash right away, even though it's sitting in the base of the he can, he can go ahead and sanctify it. And if he steals it afterwards, he's Right? Someone's going to go ahead and steal it from him, from this, the first Ganav. The second Ganav is going to be Chayev, because the first Ganav, by saying, come and take what's yours, he's already not contesting the ownership of the first one. He's not contesting the ownership of the first one. He becomes just like a Shaymer. Well, that's Amarishan, but according to the Ramban, that is Kenyan Egneva, I can't tell the it's still, even if he says, come and take what's yours, it's still not in the Rishus of the first of the proper owner. Why? Because up until the Ganav actually gives it back, the Kinyanam still exists in the object, and therefore the Ganav still, halakhically, is going to be considered a Ganav. And therefore, if someone steals in the interim before the proper owner comes to take back the object, the a thief, the Gunni Minaganav is going to be Potter because he's still a Ganav. He's still a Ganav, so Nafkamina between the two. That's a Pella, right? It's not like this. Why would it be, there is going to be a, a, just a Pesach, Mamish a Pesach, there's going, to be a, there's going to be a Yam here of understanding and, and analysis that's going to go into it, but why would it be that a Ganav has Kenyanim in, in an object, right, that he steals? That's like a ridiculous statement. So I'd say the first thing to start is. What is ownership? What does it mean to own something? Right? What defines my ownership? So, 
I'm going to say something, it's going to sound silly. It's actually very deep. But at first it's going to sound silly. I'm going to contrast it, and then I'm going to come back to it. So I'll say as follows. Reb Chaim says, you know why I own something? You know what's ownership? I own something because it's mine. I own something because it's mine. That's why I own it. That's what, to mean, what's, it mean to, what's it mean to own something? What's ownership? The definition, definition of ownership is that it's mine. It belongs to me. That's what ownership is. So, yeah, obviously, right? We're trying to define it. So, Zubchayim, that's pshat. Now, there's a different way we could have defined ownership. A different way we could have defined ownership is that every object has different utilizations. For example, one aspect of ownership over an object is the monetary value. Right? So, there's a mug. I have the right, the monetary value of that mug, that 10 bucks, belongs to me, not to you. That's my money. If I want to sell it, so I get the money for it, because it's my, I have the rights to the monetary value of that object. Besides the monetary rights to the object of the mug, there's actually the rights to the use of the mug. Right? I want to drink it. So it could be that I own the, the mug, but someone else actually has the rights of usage. For example, if I have a mug and I lend it to someone else, what's it mean I lend it to them? What it means is to lend it to them is that I give them rights to use the mug. Right? So they have certain responsibilities due to that. Halachically even. But they have the rights to use the mug. Does that mean that they can sell it? No, because the monetary value of the mug is still belongs under my jurisdiction. So it could be, I would think, that ownership means that all the different, the array of of categories of ownership belong to me. That's what ownership is. Now, if that's what ownership is, so, right, what's, what's Reb, Chaim, Reb Chaim's coming to fight that? Reb Chaim's coming to say that don't think all the different permutations of ownership, the different categories of ownership are what define ownership. It's not true. What defines ownership is the fact that I made a Kenyan. That's what defines ownership. And now that I made a Kenyan, Memele, I'm going to have different privileges, but the privileges don't give me the ownership. The ownership gives me the ownership, and therefore I have privileges. That's the, that's the tension here. Yeah? But now, like this. Rabbi Khanan says that a Ghanav has something called Kenyanic Zela. The Ramban says there's something called Kenyanic Zela. That would only make sense to me if we own, learn, understand ownership that the, the, the different privileges I have in the object make it mine. Not that it's mine and therefore I have privileges, but the privileges themselves make it mine. And so, I could hear a Swara that say that a Ganav took, he commandeered someone's mug. So even though the monetary aspect of the mug is still the original owner's, practically, he commandeered the ability, the schus of, of usage. Ah, you commandeer the schus of usage? Therefore, that's, that's Kenyanic Zela. That, that you have it, something there already. You might, have, you might have taken that by force, but you have it at least. That's something which is yours. <coughs> that would be an, an, an understanding in what's lacking here. So either way, what do you need in order to have a chiv kefil? You need to go to Beis Ha'ish. When it's Beis Ha'ganev, either number one, there's lacking in the ownership because practically he can't do whatever he wants, or it's lacking in the ownership because the ownership has actually been defined, divided due to the Kenyan Igneva. Right? That would be the number and therefore, the din of the Mishnah would be that you're only chayiv and kefil when you have a full throttle ownership and not a jeopardized ownership. Now, we'll end with this. We're not going to start, uh, maybe, maybe, let's see. But what's the p'tur of Gainamina Ghana? What do you actually putter from? 
So I brought for you here sources of Ketis HaKlishin. We're going to come back to this Ketis later on, but it's a Ketis HaKlishin, Simon HaMadan, Sifkat Gimel, that says, you know what you're pater from? When you steal the Avinim in Aganav, you're actually not even a Ganav. You're pater the Gamre. That's not called a Mesa Geneva. Since you didn't do a Mesa Geneva, so then you're pater from Kefil. Now, that means, now what's Geneva? Geneva means to withhold, to take away the an object from its owner. But if the object has already been taken away from the owner, you're not the one that caused it to be withheld. You're just relocating where it's being withheld from. That's not called a Mesa Geneva. Now, even though you didn't do an active Geneva, I will add, you have to return it still. You have to give it back. Why? Because it's his. That's a concept called Mameni Gabach. Mameni Gabach means that even if it's not your money, even I'm sorry, even though you're not a Ganav, I can't keep something which is not mine. It's his. So at the end of the day, I have to give it back to him. Not because I'm a Ganav, but because the same way if someone left something in my house, right? My friend came for lunch. He left a scarf at my house, right? It's not an Aveda. I assume it's not an Aveda. Put aside Dina Aveda. He knows it's there. He left it there on purpose. And I didn't, I didn't accept Shmira. I'm not a, I'm not a Shemir. I have to give it back to him. Why? Because it's his scarf. It's his. It belongs to him. Pashat. So there, that's the din of, that's the Ketis the understanding and the Ptur of Geneva Minaganav. It's not even a Mesa Geneva. The Kiryat Sefer disagrees. The Kiryat Sefer learns Pshat is that Yataka Aganav, just, it's a Ptur Kefil, that the ownership of Kefil, the class of Kefil, was only expressed, the severity of Kefil was only expressed when it comes to the, a person who took it from the base Bailim. That's more of a, a severe act. So I think at this point I have a minute to, to, to start opening up the Gemara, but I think at this point it's better. We got a good, we broke in. We broke into difficulties in the Mishnah, yes. We're starting to open up the ideas of Kefal, Dalad Vahey, what are the payments, what's Geneva, what's ownership. There's a lot to think about here. Mir Hashem, next week we're going to start uh, dissecting the Lishna Kama, the Lishna Basra, what's the Chiddush, who's saying the Chiddush, right? What's the, what are the, all the Hanukkahs going into it? Mir Hashem, it should be Gavaldik, everyone should have a good Shabbos. And I'm looking forward to continuing learning together.